Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. So joining us right now on the Roman Guest Line is our guy, Reed Wallach of Betsided. Reed, how is Cancun doing uh, with you and uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> and, you know, all the rest of the Boston, not the Boston guys, the, uh, the Brooklyn guys? How's Cancun treating you? Cancun's all right. I've got a little bit of sun. I'm also sitting with my Dallas Mavericks to win the West. Oh, uh, yeah. I have like 17 to one. So, you know, we're into the final stages there. Uh, I actually, I kind of like them to upset the Warriors. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. And I'm watching this 1980s basketball game on uh, with the Heat and Celtics, <laughs> of course. And that's not in that game. Well- well, Reed, let's go ahead and, and jump into that between Dallas and Golden State. So you say you like Dallas to kind of shock the world here and take down the Warriors. You do have a Dallas ticket in your pocket, so I could understand how you feel that way. What are you doing in tomorrow's game? The spread is 4.5, 2.14.5 is the total, minus 110 both ways. And also, how are you betting the series? Uh, and try to take your bias out of it with that ticket in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do think the Mavs match up really well with the Warriors. I think I, all the... I, this all the the four remaining teams. I think they're all very good teams. I just don't think there is that much separating the four of them. I think they're all it's a pretty level playing field. And I think Dallas. You see Golden State. You play. You see sloppy ball handling. They were unable to close out a wounded Memphis team. I just the Warriors are what minus two fifteen ish, minus two twenty. I mean, what do they deserve to be laying that against a Mavericks team that? has a versatile defense, has a guy that could bend another team to his will and Luka Doncic and a Warriors team on the other end. They're, they're sloppy with the ball and they don't generate turnovers themselves and their bench is really banged up. So I like Dallas in the series as for game one, it's a tough spot. Of course, the game seven hangover into game one. I mean, you're seeing Boston look all right at the moment, but I, if I were to bet the series, I'd probably wait. I think that, Golden State winning game one is probably very likely, and then I I may actually come in and add more Dallas after game one because I think that listen that that's not a make or break for Dallas. You know they don't need to, obviously they need every game, but they don't they're not in must win territory on the road in game one. I think after game one is when you start coming on Dallas. I'll probably have a bet on them in game two. As for game one, I kind of like the over. It seems a little low. I think it might be a bit of a track meet. Reed. I don't know what to make of what happened with Phoenix. I'd love to get your thoughts. How did that blowout happen so fast, and where do you think they go from there? Yeah, it's, it, I I kind of like – I thought Dallas had a chance. I obviously didn't think that was going to happen. Um, do you think maybe there's anything to be said about the long postseason last year and the two teams that went the deepest and had the shortest offseason yeah. and a compressed offseason maybe ran a bit out of gas. That includes, like, Chris Middleton getting hurt and stuff like that. I'm not saying that's the only reason why, but it does seem like something came undone with Phoenix down the stretch of that series, starting in Dallas in Game 6 um, with, like, T.J. Tucker. I have the volume off, but it seems like he's a little banged up on the sideline. But uh, I like his Jordans, though. Me too. But Jordan 10's beautiful. <laughs> Um, I think that uh, the first round series against New Orleans went longer than it was expected to, and Devin Booker got hurt, and that meant more miles for Chris Paul, him playing at a high level for more games. And it seems like he just became completely compromised by the end of that series. So 
it just felt like maybe the miles were a bit much and they just kind of gassed out and Luka Doncic saw the opportunity. And listen, this is a guy who's been playing professional basketball since he was like 12. Uh, I know it's Europe, but that he was playing against men when he was a very young age. And I think that he knows how to rise to these occasions. He's not like your typical 23, 24-year-old. He knows what these big stages are like against grown men. And he rose to the occasion. And I think he could do it again against Golden State. Reed, uh, did you do anything in Boston, Miami, as far as the series? What would be your thoughts if I was going to play uh, Boston if Miami took game one? I thought that that was going to be the way that this goes. Not looking so good. Then again, it's only the first half. Did you do anything in this series? I did not do anything in the series. I This is a tricky one for me. I Again, I think the teams are closer than the line indicates, yeah. but there's a, ch- there's a chance I just have blinders on Boston. Maybe it's my net bias seeping in, but maybe I just have blinders on them and I kind of – after I kind of like Milwaukee in the last series, I'm sitting this one out, like before, betting. I'm just going to bet game by game. I did bet Miami at open at minus uh, 125, minus 126, I think it was. Um, and, of course, you know, smart Horford ruled out. I actually thought the line swung a little too much. It moved out to like four and a half, five. That seemed a mm-hmm. bit crazy to me. I, th- those guys don't necessarily like swing the spread. I, I think there's a chance Boston maybe runs out of gas in the second half. Again, this is a tough turnaround, but – Miami looks sloppy with the ball. They, yeah. They're going to be on the glass. I am curious where this game lands at half and maybe a second half play on Miami. Let Sprolstra kind of make adjustments. He's like historically, I believe, one of the best third quarter coaches by point margin over the last like five, six years. So maybe a Miami second half play if the if the line kind of checks out. But, you know, I'll, I'll just sit with my minus 125. Reed, I, I know you're a huge college guy. And, of course, tonight the NBA lottery was my Super Bowl. Except for the fact that the Washington Wizards got the 10th pick and well, I was manifesting the, the number one overall pick. Trista's Blazers got the seventh overall pick. I know you're huge in the collegiate game as well. We had you on during the season. Right now at mm-hmm. BetMGM, you can bet the first overall pick. Jabari Smith, the 18-year-old brace face from Auburn, minus 125. He's the favorite. We got Chet Holmgren sitting at with the second best odds, plus 155. Paolo, 5-1. to one. Jaden Ivey, 35-1. to one. If you had some uh, a couple dollars, what would you throw down on uh, a player to get drafted number one overall? Smith, Holmgren, uh, Paolo, or Jaden Ivey? And reminder, the number one overall pick is uh, in the hands of the Orlando Magic right now. Two is OKC, three is Houston. Yeah, I mean, I, I bet draft props all the time very heavily. So throughout the you know next few weeks, months, check out my Twitter, my uh, my like author page over on BetSide. I'll have articles up breaking this all down. If it were up to me... My gut feel would say they should probably take Paolo Bancaro. I think he gives them more of a bucket-getting wing, kind of fills out the rest of the roster. He has length also. But um, the Orlando Magic front office really puts a premium on length, like crazy super length. Just look at their past several years of drafts. Guys like Mo Bamba, uh, Franz Wagner is a very big wingspan for a forward. So you could see a Chet Holmgren go number one. I think it's pretty wide open between the three of them. But that's it. It's going to be one of those three, and especially when you look at the backcourt with like Cole Anthony, Jalen uh, Suggs. Like this isn't like a Jaden Ivey or Shane Sharp jumps in. It's one of those three. It seems like Jabari Smith has a leg up. I think it's a little, uh, a little premature to make him the odds-on favorite. I think Holmgren is very much in the mix. I love, I love all three of them. I think they're all going to be studs. But I guess if I were picking Van Karen at five to one, I think he could. Uh, get himself into the mix at least where like you could then buy out later. But yeah, I mean, definitely interesting. And I like that the, just from a whole big picture of the lottery, 
I like that four kind of random rebuilding franchises got inside the top four and they're more of a top three, but let like, you know, like let those teams start to build on stars. You know, I like when the whole team is more leveled out, especially through the draft and especially these young stars. So I was pretty happy with how the draft fell out. Also, I was definitely rooting for the Pelicans to get the Lakers number one pick, but that obviously didn't happen. I think they landed like eight. No, they do get that pick. They do. No, no, like they didn't get the. I wanted oh, to get the number one. Oh, you number one. one. Like, that's what Got I was it. For. I wanted them to go all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Reed, uh, this is a Homer question. Uh, Blazers end up getting completely screwed. They end up getting the worst <laughs> possible pick, number seven. Uh, who do you think that they should take? Who would be the best player available, and why? Oh, I, it's there's so there's so much work to be done with the Blazers. <laughs> Uh, it's nice to see Dame Lillard uh, reaffirm his commitment to the franchise, though. That's uh, that was really nice and fun, and not played out completely. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I you know again, it's, you're picking seven in a kind of a three-ish person draft, so there's not much there. Do you go for the Jalen Duran, who is going to be more of a project, but he had some tantalizing upset as a pick and roll threat. And, you know, he was the number one prospect for some point in time last year or so before he went to Memphis. So maybe someone like Duran. But if I'm the Blazers and you really want to uh, improve, I mean, you probably need to move that pick for a more proven commodity, right? Like you're, you're looking – like none of the guys you're picking at seven are going to help Dame Lillard get back to the playoffs next year. You, you're going to need to get a – We're going like to get Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, Grant, aren't we? Yeah, Jeremy Grant's been linked to a lot of trade rumors – I mean, that's kind of where I think you need to be eyeing rather than, you know, who at number seven, because, um, you know, a lot of guards in play. And I think you'd rather at this point be picking like 11 or, or 10 where the Wizards are than seven. I think there's kind of a drop off from three and then again at five and then it kind of like rounds out like everyone between like six and 12 are kind of going to be the same, at least like from a grading perspective. Reed, thank you so much for hopping on. There's not a question you can't answer. Can't wait to talk to you soon, brother. All right, talk to you guys soon.